these are the people who are going to change the nation. Mm-hmm. And then when you think of it that way, it's something that, you know, it's just, it's, it's so much richer and so much deeper than like simply entertaining children. The Commonplace is a podcast for the new homeschooling mom delighted by the ideals and principles of a classical Charlotte Mason education, but who feels unsure of how to get started on the practical side of nourishing a soul on the good, the true, and the beautiful. I hope you find camaraderie here as we get our bearings in the world of old ideas and old books, of wisdom and virtue, and of the means of grace by which God works in this world through the Commonplaces, which includes your home. So, if you're like me, trying to offer your children an education unlike your own, and wondering if you can create an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life of such richness, I'm here to tell you, I think you can. I'm your host, Autumn Kern, and I'm pleased to welcome you to The Commonplace. Welcome back to The Commonplace. My name is Autumn Curran, and today we are joined by a doubly special guest because this is my real-life friend and also the scout mistress of my scouting group known as Withy Windle. This is Christy Jancic. Hello, Christy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So many of you probably caught when I interviewed Christy for YouTube only. It was a fun one-off. We did an, actually it was almost an hour-long conversation about scouting. We actually wore our scout mistress uniforms and our hats, and it was very jovial, convivial, kind of playful. And I, after I, after I ran it and after I listened to it, I was like, I really do need to bring Christy onto the podcast. And so, if you have listened to that one, we we're actually going to talk about scouting from a completely different angle today. So it will be a different conversation. So now you have two resources for scouting over here. And if you haven't listened to that um, video episode kind of thing over on Common Mom, I'm going to have it in today's episode notes that you can go and check it out after this. Also, I'm going to say now that Christy made a lovely beginner's guide for scouting that's in Common House. And so it was a lovely gift she gave to them um, if you're interested in learning even more about scouting, because Christy is the scout mistress of my world, and I'm very grateful to have her here today. So before we get started on all things scouting, will you please, as all guests do, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came through the classical wardrobe? Sure. So um, I am a New England native who moved to the fields of Pennsylvania to marry my husband, David. And we have three wild boys. Um, Our oldest is six and a half. And then we have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So we have wild times here, but we really love it and enjoy it. Um, So my kind of like falling through the wardrobe experience, um, I, I myself was homeschooled and we were interested in homeschooling. And I think like many other moms, I was very overwhelmed with figuring out how to navigate that. and so, like a, a lot of other moms, I took that online quiz that a lot of us go to, and um, I scored my first was Charlotte Mason, and my second was classical. And uh, my initial reaction was like, "Oh, great, two opposite things. That sounds like me." Um, and I panicked because I was like, "We'll never be able to figure this out." Hmm. Um, so then, kind of my next step was just um, buying some of Mason's volumes, getting into it, and. Um, that's where I really started to unpack um, just like the joy that comes with classical education. And at that point I hadn't put the two together. Um, But me um, having experienced homeschooling, I was reading all about, you know, my favorite parts of homeschooling 
as being necessary to education. Whereas when I was younger, it was kind of like, these are the extra things that you do in your afternoons um, after we've done the important thing. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just, I think that recognition and that realization was what really kind of like sparked the fire in me. Um, And then from there, uh, I just continued my reading journey and just, you know, kind of kept going and going. Um, thankfully, I had a really good pal who knew and understand the classical world. And so obviously, Commonplace has been um, a big influence in that as well. So yeah, that's where we're at. Well, thanks for sharing. I love a good homeschooling quiz. Online. That's right. Where do I start? Oh, I don't know. Google. Sometimes all of those tabs can just be too much. <laughs> never hurts. So as I mentioned, Christy is our scout mistress for Willie Wendell, our scouting group. And this season, we've been talking more about the large classical tradition. I've been trying to pull from, you know, basically over 2000 years worth of conversation about what it means to pursue the good life, what it means to be virtuous. And I do make it a hill upon which I will die that Charlotte Mason is classical. And so scouting is something that is typically at least I've only ever really heard it referred to specifically in a Charlotte Mason education, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun today pulling her back in. That's what we've been doing this whole season. And so we're going to go from the reverse side, rather than starting with the classical tradition and finding where she fits in, we're going to start with her and then pull her back in through some of my favorite texts. And we're going to do this with this whole concept of scouting, because scouting for a lot of the Charlotte Mason moms who listen to The Commonplace and who are on Common Mom is something that we hear that we need to do, that's really important, but it's kind of this far off thing that Mm -hmm. a lot of us know much about. So to kick us off, um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the creator, Robert Baden-Powell, and how he and scouting connect to Charlotte Mason as our first touch point. Yeah, so this is um, one of my favorite things. So Robert Baden-Powell is the creator of, um, like when you think about Boy Scouts, that's um, who created it. A lot of people think that it started in America. It actually started in England as, you know, a lot of most good things. I don't know that we attribute <laughs> to America started over there. Um, so he was basically in the military most of his life and towards the end of his military career, he was really noticing that a lot of the men who were serving, um, just weren't cutting it. A lot of them, um, you know, he references, uh, wars where, you know, there's massive amounts of British soldiers facing very small armies, but it takes them years to defeat them. So Mm -hmm. coming out of that, he kind of saw this, this, um, hole that was needed to be filled where um, he just kind of wanted to like spark something again in British men. Um, So he wrote a book called AIDS to Scouting. Um, And that was something that was supposed to kind of just like gird the men of that generation. Um, And so the connection to Mason is really funny. She actually picked it up and read it and was like, this is awesome. And I want to use this. So she started using it um, in her teaching college. She taught um, other women how to use it. And then they were using it with children, which was the first time that it had been done. So there's this really funny story where one of the men who served with Powell um, had a son and he came home one day and the kid was up in a tree and he basically ambushes his dad um, who had served a long time in the military and up in the tree was also his tutor or, you know, um, uh, basically like the woman who was there to, you know, attend him. Um, and so he tells Bain and Powell this story and that's kind of like the first thing that sparked, um, which is kind of funny, you know, Mason, you know, giving an inspiring idea. Um, (laughs) yeah, so that was kind of what is said to be the first thing that sparked it. And then he had many conversations later that, you know, led him down the way. Um, 
to actually create a program that was specifically designed for children. Um, so that's like the connection. And then Mason herself developed her own program. Um, and he saw that and decided to you know, kind of flesh it out a little bit differently. Um, but that was the first inclination that he had towards creating it. Yeah. Never underestimate a Charlotte Mason governess or mother. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love that story. Ever since you shared it with me, it's just brought me so much delight to think about mm-hmm. a governess being up in a tree. And I, as we mentioned on the YouTube, love climbing trees with my kids. And so right. to know that this is what governesses were doing at the turn of the 20th well, century. Well, and I think, I think that's like such an important part of the story is like she was in the tree with the kid. <laughs> like she wasn't just like, do this. And then she sat on the sidelines, like, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Like she was there in the tree with the kid. Right. No, I love that. So that's a little bit about how scouting came into the Mason view and a little bit back out from her to Robert Baden Powell. But now as we look to the larger tradition, I'm going to pull on three pegs that the audience should be familiar with after this season. And I'm going to ask you to kind of do the work of connecting scouting back into these ideas that we know Luke Mason herself back in the classical tradition. So the first one, of course, is that Mason, one of our favorite ones, says that children are born as persons. And we know that means they're born complete, generally speaking, with what they need to grow and learn. We have to supply the nourishment, but their bodies and their minds do that work on their own. But it also means that we are indivisibly body and soul. And so in the classical tradition, the larger tradition, we know that meeting the needs of both body and soul are required in actual education. So take it from here, how does scouting do this within its own philosophy? Yeah, so I think when the average person and even how I viewed scouting um, was it's a very um, like traditional American model of Um, extracurricular activity for kids. You know, moms Mm -hmm. take their kids on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock and they drop them off for two hours with a tray of brownies or whatever. And they go and have some me time at Starbucks and then they come back and pick them up and like, whatever, you know, that's kind of how I viewed um, scouting, but that's actually the complete opposite of what Powell would have wanted. So he was, um, if you can use the framework of using, um, you know, when you look at children, it's not about entertaining them but engaging them. And that's what Bain and Powell really wanted. He really wanted um, children to be engaged in such a way that um, they were being pushed towards morality and virtue and all of these things that he felt like were really lacking in children. Um, They were given, you know, really strict, harsh guidelines in school, but their, you know, their souls themselves were being completely um, ignored and they were starved. Um, So this was something that he was hoping um, would kind of spark that and bring that back. for children. And so when you read him talk about scouting, it's so interesting. He even gives um, like massive inspiring ideas for scout leaders where he says, you know, um, these are the people who are going to change the nation. Mm-hmm. And then when you think of it that way, um, it's something that, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's so much richer and so much deeper than like simply entertaining children. So that's like a that's like a mindset that you kind of have to twist and 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 um alter when you think about scouting and that it's um yeah it's so much more than just like keeping a child occupied it's engaging them full body full mind and full soul so that you know when they grow up they have this kind of full holistic understanding of how to work and relate in the world um which is very mason um 
Yeah, it definitely is. And it even reminds me in this season that we've spent so much time talking about virtue, how it's cultivated Mm -hmm. all the different ways you kind of have to come at um, engaging a child in God's world so that virtue could be a byproduct, like actually by the way they move in the world. And of course, that's very important to Mason. She is also looking at the, the students graduating in Britain at this time and thinking, they are actually spiritually and mentally wounded, spiritually and intellectually right. wounded. Right. Our schools have not done well by them. Mm-hmm. And so she's seen it from this education standpoint, Baden uh, Powell's seen this in, in the military standpoint. And I think what they both wanted to see was virtue that wasn't just maybe in the mind, but actually yes. came out through embodied living. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what we talk about so much in the classical tradition is that if you just know the right things, and if you mm-hmm. even have warm affections towards them, but it doesn't cause you to meaningfully move in the world, it's not really virtue. Right. But one way that Mason is my favorite on this topic is that she has this deep humility that a lot of times you don't see in the classical tradition necessarily, mm-hmm. where she seems to remember what it's like to be a child on one hand. And on the other hand, she has this deep sympathy for them, mm-hmm. how to come alongside them. And so she combines this to have this humility, the sympathy, but this firm conviction for virtue by meeting children where they are and then training them towards something better. Mm-hmm. This is very much what you are doing with our kids at Withy Wendell. So can you talk us through a little bit about how scouting does meet the child where they are developmentally, but then tries to take them to something where they'll move in the world in a really virtuous way? For sure. So um, what I love, not the most, I love so many things about Ben Powell. What I love, <laughs> one of the many things that I love about Ben Powell is that he's very careful. Um, like when you read all of his books, he's very careful to give good structure and good guidelines, but he very rarely sets rules when it comes to scouting, um, which can be great. Like, on, you know, on some days I'm like, well, great. I make the rules. Um, right. But there was purpose in that. And so like the more I've read and the more that I've dug deep, um, I've realized that one of the purposes is so that the scout leader themselves can look at their troop or look at their patrol and say, okay, what am what am I capable of in this? Um, and then that also leads to um he was really, really persistent in there actually being like a deep connection between the scout leaders and the children who were part of their their group. Um so it's not just, hey, I'm responsible for these kids and I'm an adult so I can manage 30 people. It's, I really know these, these kids and I love them and they're in, you know, I've endeared them to myself. Um, and so you, you have to know them. You have to know what delights them. You have to know their foibles. You have to um, just have like this close relationship to them. And so that you can take what needs to be taught and kind of break it down to what makes sense for them not only developmentally, but like as people. Um, I'm going to share this story that we talked about earlier. We had a scout this year and we were working in our nature journals and I can't even remember what the original, um, you know, ask was, but um, he was just really wiggly and he wanted to go and dig. Um, And so I said, okay. And I picked up a leaf and I said, "Um, paint this leaf and then you may go dig. Uh, So I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to inspire some kind of, um, you know, there needs to be like diligence. There needs to be hard work. There needs to be patience to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. Um, so I turned and I went back to my nature journal and then I heard I'm done. And I turned around and he had literally taken the leaf and painted the entire leaf instead of like painting it to the journal. And for a split sec, like I just had to laugh because I know this child so well. And for me, like his very practical mind like he he did it he did the task and so I think you know the natural response is to be like no 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 
go back and do and then explain it better. But in reality, like he was obedient. He was patient in the ask. Um, and so he, he accomplished the task to the best of his ability. Um, so it's being able to see that in who you're surrounding yourself with. That's so important. Um, and like, you can't really do that unless you actually know them. And so um, that was something that Baden Powell was really, really interested in. It wasn't just like putting an agenda that you had, like a blanket kind of agenda on uh, scouts. It was really, really knowing them and seeing them. Um, and he even recommended meeting consistently with families and talking to them about, hey, what would you like to see grow and develop in them? What are they struggling with? And all these kinds of things and having this really personal relationship, not just with the scouts, but with the families so that, you know, their growth and development was following right alongside them. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. So that was one of my children who painted the leaf. And then he went off to dig so happily, thinking he had completed his with work so well. He's a bit of an Amelia Bedelia sometimes. But I love that. But it's true. So one thing that Christy has done, um, she started doing it this summer. One thing was like, what kind of handicrafts might you want to work on? Or what sort of skills or interests do the kids have right now that they might want to develop? And then she created different handicraft projects or ideas of study, just different um, courses of study, or even like badges that we could earn based on the interests that my kids and myself have already developed or have been cultivating. Um, because last year, my daughter started and her oldest didn't. And so we were trying to kind of meet with this first year together. And I thought that was really wonderful that scouting, we had this guide, we had the PNEU article that everyone had, Christy had spent a lot of time reading Baden Powell over the summer. Mm-hmm. And yet we could still, we again, had principles that gave us so much freedom, a method, a way to pursue this life. And yet we could take this very different path, depending on the six kids that we have um, mm-hmm. together for Withy Window. And I think that's mm-hmm. really, really lovely. So as I watch us at Withy Window, I have a lot of fun observing because I am not the knowledgeable scout mistress. I'm definitely learning alongside of the kids. But one thing I love watching is um, this emphasis on body training. And as I sit there thinking of my little classical mind, I'm thinking about gymnastics for the ancient Greeks, or I'm thinking about Mason's <laughs> Swedish drill, and I'm just watching all these different things that we do. And this is not exactly the same thing, but I think it does have the same emphasis on training the body as necessary for mm-hmm. training moral and intellectual growth or virtue. You actually can't do these things apart from the body. And so mm-hmm. um, I love watching you in action play the game, which is a phrase from Baden-Powell that I would love for you to kind of expand for us. But you do that in this pursuit. There's this uh, conviviality and this sort of like winky element to scouting mm-hmm. with the kids. So can you explain what he meant, Baden-Powell meant by playing the game and how it echoes the early emphasis on something like gymnastics in the classical tradition? Yeah, so I'm going to like split the question up a little bit and talk about like it being like this physical kind of thing first Um, and like those two things coming together. Um, As we were like sitting and talking, I was thinking about something else. I'm going to like switch from my original answer to the question. Um, So. So I think I think what I've been so captured by is like seeing this like body and soul experience come together for our kids. and so I was thinking about our vine, like our vine swing that we have found. So our kids one day stumbled upon this really great vine swing um, on the trail. And um, I think at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> there they go. <laughs> we will never get back. <laughs> but um, instead, and, and kind of like I'm trying to train myself in all aspects of my life, like when I have moments like that to just be like what if we just did that for five minutes, you know? 
So that was something that I did. I like stopped and was like, all right, great. Everyone like go swing on the phone swing for, you know, I don't know how much time I get. Um, so just like thinking about that um, and watching them do it week after week. This is a thing that comes up every week, which is great. And it's one of my favorite parts of scouting now. It's like, who's going to mention Vine? You know? right. <laughs> um, so you get to like watch them and what they're, what it looks like they're doing is they're just kind of goofing off and playing in the woods. But what they're really doing is they're learning patience. They're, you know, they have to wait in line. They're learning teamwork as they line themselves up. Um, they're learning again, teamwork as like the older two are always lifting the younger two to like, let them swing. They're learning forgiveness as people don't always catch the person and they fall down and get hurt. Um, right? They learn courage as they continue to go higher and higher every week. Um, and I think that what I hope the most in, you know, having this be a part of what we do every week is that they understand that like, this is a gift from God and it's a gift that he like gave for them. And so I think as much as we can talk to them about how God has created this beautiful world for us to delight in and wonder in for them to experience this thing, it's a very physical thing. That's like also tying them to like, it's like bringing their souls closer to God. And just like a fun experience that, you know, seems very whimsical and childlike, but is actually rooted and grounded in, um, yeah, just like the depths of God's love for them, which I think, you know, there's no better way of teaching that than watching them experience it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can I jump in? Yes, for that sure. That connects yes. so well to, um, well, at the time that we're recording this, the episode mm-hmm. has not come out, but what is last episode in which I'm talking about poetic knowledge, the mm-hmm. knowledge that comes in the early years before you even hit formal liberal arts. You have to have very rich poetic soil. And -hmm. it comes from kids engaging with things and actually moving through habits, engaging their body, having images that they can rely on or like dwell Mm -hmm. upon or even contemplate in their own noetic souls before you get into didactic instruction. So like we could sit and we could catechize to say very beautiful things that we know intellectually are beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. God has made this world. It's, it's lovely. You should care for it. Or we can let them have these living relationships with each other and with creation and actually have the memory of swinging on the vine every single week with their friends and Mm -hmm. enjoying that and the laughter and the squeals and the tears that come along with that sort of fellowship. And that actually creates something that is necessary before that didactic truth can be taught or learned by Mm -hmm. a child without that poetic richness that they're getting by learning with things because kids need things more than even books at at younger ages. Um, they're they're already like getting the roots or even the good soil that are needed for those roots. So yeah. I think that's really lovely. I'm glad you touched on that. But keep going now with the playing the game. Okay, playing the game. All right. Playing the game can be very difficult to describe. Um so playing the game for I've been trying to think of like a different way to describe it because I think it can be hard for people to grasp because it is an idea. It's not So when I spoke earlier on YouTube, I think a lot of moms were like, okay, but what are the rules of the game? Absolutely. (laughs) Pragmatic. Tell me how to play the game. Right. I can't do that. And Baden-Powell couldn't do that either. So I think a good way for a Mason mom to think about it is like in the category of atmosphere. Um, And so it's, you're kind of, like you were saying earlier, like it's kind of a wink. It's a nod. It's a, you're creating this world for children. Um, something I think Baden Powell really uh, recognized was adults' inability to remember what it was like to be a child, and then yes. like how necessary it was for them to be able to do that. 
Um, and so he was challenging his scout leaders to kind of remember that and go back to that. So you're kind of like planting a flag where you're like, okay, virtue and morality, that's where we're going. How can we joyfully get there? Um, mm-hmm. And then you kind of like base it off of that. Um, so I love talking about Maria von Trapp when it comes to scouting because yeah. I think her general like personality and tendency, uh, I think Bain and Powell just loved her. Um, and if you think about the movie as a whole, I did like this whole rabbit trail thought the other day. I just like sat at the park watching my kids. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so like, if you think about the movie as a whole, like he was in the military and he was very regimented and he wanted his children to learn these really great, wonderful things, but they were naughty and they were terrible and they weren't actually learning these things through harsh discipline and, um, you know, very strict orders and, you know, school books and all of these things. They weren't actually, you know, learning or taking any of these things in. And then Maria comes in and she's able to kind of capture their imaginations by taking them into the real world, into markets and meadows and and the mountains, and they're playing games, and she's teaching them music and singing, and all of these things that are capturing their imagination, while also pointing them to the higher things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how Maria herself learned. Um, she had this connection to the mountains and the hills, and um, music, and all of these things that actually like pointed her closer to God than even she was able to experience in the Abbey, you know, where yeah. she was kind of under a similar situation, where she was um, you know, just needing to be a student and needing to be quiet and practical and, you know, all of those things. And not that that's not a necessary part of living, but these are things that she was able to bring to the children and teach them. And she just had this amazing, um, just spirit. And so when I, when I think about like wanting to get into the place of playing the game, I think a lot about Maria and like, what would Maria do? Um, and that could be like, bursting out into a song it could be um you know I think about her teaching the children how to sing like that's a hard practical thing to do if you don't actually know how to do it um so she used you know singing games which is something that you know we do in terms of Mason education um but overall it's just bringing kids to a way where they can kind of be captivated by these greater ideas um just in a way that's wonderful and delightful to them like think about um you know I also Julie Andrews she's great think about Mary Poppins like a spoonful of sugar you know like what child wants to sit down and be like okay now we're going to talk about obedience and discipline and you know no kid wants to learn that you know but if you throw something in that's a delight and that's you know showing them wonder it's so much easier for them to take in um and and it's so fun to like watch them learn all these things without ever knowing it um Mm -hmm. and even to like I think you can you can pick up on you can just get to know your kids too in a way that's that's that wouldn't be possible I think outside of that kind of like atmosphere that you're creating um Mm -hmm. I think as mothers like you can get in this kind of you know you just get into your rhythms and 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 you lose sight of wow these are wonderful beautiful people who you know are growing and changing before my very eyes and you kind of lose that but I think when we are able to like pull back and put ourselves in this like this environment where we are just as wondered by the world and just as delighted and you know learning right alongside of them it kind of just like 
can reshift and refocus you. Like I love when Withy Wendell comes and we're having a horrible week because I'm like, well, we're all going to hit the refresh button. It's going to be great, <laughs> you know, because uh, it just allows for like such connection. And um, yeah, I don't know. I would play the game all day long if I could. Yeah, I think there's an element to it's one of the few things where you're still the mother teacher, like you're particularly you being the one who comes and teaches us at Withy, mm-hmm. but it is something where I feel like it's more of equal footing that you do yes. with your child. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about when Mason just talks about getting out of doors, even in the early years, it's not send your kids out of doors, it's go out right. of doors with them. Right. And maybe you are just seated in the garden, but you're sending mm-hmm. them to go and you know paint the picture in their mind over and then come back. You're still involved in the activity. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're at the table, you might be like the attention police that day. You're the one asking for narrations. You're the one keeping the log book. But scouting is you and your crew outside engaging together. Mm-hmm. And so I think then it brings up even how they learn so well is you're also training that habit of attention, which I know is something you and I've talked about behind the scenes quite a bit with our Withy group. Um, yeah. And what's great in the Maria Von Trapp way is that if you actually love something, if you're actually interested in the thing, yeah. then you yeah. show how to attend without having to be like, come notice, come look. You have three minutes, kind of like the way we do with like a picture study, like you have three minutes to look at them. And that's still really great. I love all the common subjects. But again, this is something where when I think about Maria Von Trapp, I do think about you as a person and you go out and you're like, come like, this is amazing. You're going to love this. And kids naturally are drawn towards that. And that's very Mm -hmm. much a classical idea and that the teacher is the curriculum. Like your loves have to be in place in order to bring your students along with you. They will sniff out very quickly. If you were doing it to check off a list, if you're not actually interested in this thing, if you're saying you should love God's world, but you don't care about God's world, you know, they're just very on top of that. And I feel like scouting is just this super, like super focused chance to enjoy and delight together in a way that they learn. Yeah. Like you said, without knowing it, but it's not because you're trying to be entertaining or you're trying to trick them into learning. It's just, you're being persons and creation together. And it's just like a really neat thing. And -hmm. so I think moms get jazzed by that idea. I think they've listened to you and they're like, I love this. Yes. I don't know anything about scouting subjects, Christy. I know that's how I felt when I hit 1B. Um, And so while they love it, they don't know what to do. This is completely new territory. So how can a mom start to learn alongside or maybe just a step ahead so that she can lead her her scouting crew? Yeah, um, something really wonderful that Baden-Powell talks about repeatedly, and um, I think he repeats it a lot for good reason, is that no scout leader has to be an expert in anything. Um, he really is just looking for willing hearts and hands that are hoping to connect with children and push them in the right direction. That's all. Um, and so he talks often about, um, if you don't know something, find out. And if you, if it's something that is beyond you being able to do that, ask for help. He's big on asking for help, which I think is really hard for us. And I think for, like the modern mind, we overcomplicate things to such a degree. It's like, I can't teach first aid because I am not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, sure. But like, you know, you are a mom who's like put a bandaid on. So like, you could start there. But then also think, you know, okay, well, I'm not a doctor. And maybe a doctor doesn't want to come and like, teach us. But hey, the fire department has EMT training. And they do things with schools all the time. Maybe we can go over there and they can teach me or teach my children. Cause like, wouldn't my kids love to watch a firefighter, like bandage their leg, you know? (laughs) And then that would inspire them to, you know, even higher, you know, standard. And um, there's just like lots of different ways that you can 
kind of solve this problem where you're like, I don't know anything. It's fine. Like Baden Powell said that was okay. Um, I think what's important to remember is like having a humility to it. Um, even on the trail, like I get asked questions by you guys all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I would like to know. So I'm going to go find out. Um, right. And that's okay. Like I, I think there, there just needs to be this understanding that like, yeah, it's fine not to know. Um, and as I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about Chesterton talks about women and um, how they are often amateurs of a lot of things, whereas men are expert in maybe one or two things. Um, <laughs> thinking about that in those times and now, like it seems so much more glaringly obvious now. Um, but I've heard, I've said, some people get their like feathers ruffled about that because they're thinking he's um, kind of talking down to women by calling them amateurs. But if you look up amateurs in the dictionary, the first definition is having a passion about something, just being passionate about something and doing it without the expectation of getting paid. And I think that describes a lot of moms. Um, we have like lots of varied interests and that's something wonderful to aspire to. So to be a scout leader, to teach all of these things, you don't have to be an expert and you can learn alongside your children. Um, and so that that learning can take time. It can, you know, start with very small things and grow over time. Um, but I think that passion part of it is key. I think you do have to want to know and you have to want to learn. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what's going to going to push you forward. Um, I think Baden-Powell talks a lot about like humility being tied with curiosity and those mm -hmm. two things together can really push a mom forward. Um, so it's starting small. Um, a lot of scouting is supposed to be self-guided. So as our kids get older, um, we can kind of give them tasks and just send them out to do it. Um, because he really believed that children weren't meant to be boarded over and that they were meant to go out and figure out what they are supposed to do in God's world on their own. Um, again, with a watchful eye. Um, but because of that, like you can start by asking your students, hey, what do you want to learn? Um, you and I joke all the time about, hey, do I get a badge for that? I get a badge for this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because like, because scouting is such an all encompassing, uh, has such an all encompassing scope. Um, he wanted, he wanted to create these or to um, train these citizens who were not just good in the military, but like good in everyday life. And so part of it is, um, keeping your room clean and tidy. Um, you know, his, his reasoning for the uniform wasn't to be like militant and, um, you know, so regimented about it. It was so that um, it would, I love this. He said it would be easier to encourage boys to take a bath if they had to change after scouting. <laughs> you know, again, like just really basic things. Um, and when you look at like, you know, to earn like a cooking badge or to earn, uh, first aid badge or to earn a sewing badge or, you know, to earn a house, you know, house care badge, all of these things. These are things that moms are pretty good at and that we have to do all day, every day. So if that's where you start, awesome. Start mm -hmm. there. Have your kids get really good at those things. And while they're doing that, explore the things that you don't know about and be excited and delighted in it because there's so much to know. Um, but never think that you have to be an expert in anything because you really don't.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I used to kind of with shame joke that I was a jack of all trades and a master of none because we just have grown up in a time where you're supposed to be an expert at something. And I just right. never found anything that I wanted to be an expert at. Right. Um, and then I discovered the classical world and was like, oh, this is the right way to do things is to yes. be the jack yeah. of all trades, um, the amateur, the true lover of the thing who doesn't need like um, some sort of objective profit mm-hmm. or measure for it, um, which is a long lost art, I think. So I love that. Um, I do want to ask you if you have, well, I want to ask you about books and resources generally, but mm-hmm. for the the mom who just heard that and was like, great, I can do that. But is there like a scouting 101? Like you should look at six birds and six trees and six wildflowers or something along those lines. Is there mm-hmm. kind of a baseline benchmark or is it really just open from Baden-Powell? Um, I think he's pretty open. And also because this is something that has existed so long and it's changed and grown and maybe gotten worse over time. I don't know. Um, I think that there's a lot of leeway for it. Um, For us, I've changed it a lot. So we have a very hybrid situation where I took a lot of Mason and then I took a lot of Powell and we just, you know, kind of put it together to what fits us. And that might change and grow over time. Um, Mason was very, uh, Mason was very regimented about um, these are exactly what you have to do. And this is how many people should be in a scout. And, you know, in a patrol and you know she was very very um regimented and Powell just wasn't um yeah so yeah I think that there's I think that there's a lot of freedom and I think before again when we made the YouTube video I think that kind of scared people (laughs) because people I think but I think that some people are just looking for that you know like this is exactly what I want to do but I think if I could encourage that group of people in anything it would be just that you have freedom to really make it what is going to be best for you and what's going to be best for the scouts that you are training. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And even to change course partway through is always mm-hmm. a good encouragement to have. Yes. That's one thing change. Um, we've added a new book in not to replace Arabella Buckley, but mm-hmm. we're not in Great Britain. So we don't see the birds that we learn about in natural <laughs> history. And so scout mistress here, <laughs> some digging to find a living book um, of American birds that we could yeah. start yeah. reading. Do you want to share the name of that title? Because everyone's going to ask me. Oh my goodness. I don't even have it with me. It's behind me. Do you want me to grab it? Yeah. Yeah, mine's upstairs. Sorry for the video. I'm going to have to. It's called Birds. Birds Every Child Should Know. Every Child Should Know. I do not know how to pronounce her name. There's like a lot of consonants all together. Kind of like my last name. I will put it in today's episode notes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You can find it. Um, I don't know. Are they in print? We found them on eBay. They're pretty. I have not them in print um but there were yeah there were a good few and um for mothers now that I've secured my copy she does have one that's like written more for adults um but she's just a really fun whimsical writer oh I wish I had brought that down that quote about like kids I might send a quote for you to put in the show notes uh from the introduction yeah this is a perk of being real life friends. Okay. Um, so now that we've already tipped a little bit into favorite scouting resources, I know you have a stack of books because I, I have a stack of books. Right your house. So I if do. you would yeah. share with us, and then also these will be in the episode notes. So don't yeah. worry if you're listening while washing dishes or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to actually, before I share the books, um, I had written down a couple of titles that were, um, I think if you're having a difficult time of like capturing what it is to play the game, I have a couple oh, of titles of books for moms who um, just need that like imagination sparked a little bit. 
Um, so these are moms that I've read that I think do it really well. Um, so Swallows and Amazons, the mom in that book, I just think she she captures the idea of playing the game perfectly and also like masterly interactivity, like that woman's got it. Um, Cause that yeah. would be a wreck with her children doing everything that they were doing, but she was really good at just letting them explore. <laughs> um, Little Men, I think is also another wonderful one that Joe March, she has some really good ideas um, for inspiring children towards, towards the good. Um, and then you've talked about this before about finding Neverland, how mm-hmm. um, watching, um, just watching the interaction between um, the adults and the children in that. Um, I think that that's just another great way um, to be inspired. So that's the story of GM Barry who wrote Peter Pan um, and how it's kind of a, it's a rough kind of description of his relationship with the children who inspired that. Um, and that's, it's just like a really fun and delightful movie to watch. It's a little sad spoiler alert. So there's that um okay on to the step so I think um for people who are just looking to start like I have no idea anything about scouting um scouting for boys uh this is written by Baden Powell um there's lots of different versions of this they're all basically the same this one in particular has an introduction to him as a person um which I found that like just like hooked me and really captivated me um so that's a really good one you'll find lots of resources in there um, but also reasoning for why he does what he does. Um, and then there's also really good basic structure of just how to get things going. Um, there's another one that's for girls. It's called Girl Guiding. Um, and he put this this together with his sister, which I think is just really sweet and wonderful. Um, and I would recommend, uh, so I have all boys, but even if you, I would recommend reading both just so that you can see how he and his sister were able to um, just cater it towards girls and boys because girls and boys like did need to learn. They do need to learn different things. Um, and so this is like a good resource to see kind of like how to take scouting and turn it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And girls and boys can definitely scout together. Um, but that was just um, a unique way for girls. I just read playing the game also by Baden Powell. This is really good. I would say if you're looking for your imagination to get captured, this is a really good one. Um, he has some stories from when he was in the military, um, but also it just it just kind of it'll just draw your soul into what it is to actually play the game, uh, which is wonderful. And then I think if you're looking for resources outside of what Baden Powell actually wrote himself, mm-hmm. what I would do is look for titles um, and then research the author of those and mm-hmm. anyone who has like a connection to Baden Powell is like thumbs up so I'm very dubious of American authors <laughs> um because to me that means that they probably like didn't know him and like really understand what he wanted um in the scouts but one of the books that I found is called Field Book of Nature Activities and I forget what the guy's name is Putnam something Putnam oh Putnam Sons is the um the publisher by by William Hillcourt. Um, so I found this, it looked really pretty, so I wanted to buy it, but I looked at the author first um, and he uh, was actually tied to Baden Powell. And so I felt like I could trust like everything in here. And this is actually really, really good. If you don't know anything about nature or like being outside, um, it's just, it's a really good all rounder. It has lots of, you know, 
survival skills, how to draw, photography, all of these kinds of things. And in reading this, you can see how the scouting movement just fully captured this guy's heart and soul, um, which I just think is a wonder and a delight to see in a book. Um, okay, and then quick things. If you don't know anything about nature, they make these little um, field guides. They're like pocket versions. Um, they have them, I'm assuming, for every state. Um, but I have here Pennsylvania trees and wildflowers, and then Pennsylvania birds. Um, you can get these on Amazon. Um, I was snooping around Barnes & Noble last night, and they have tons of really great things like that. Um, but they also have... Um, I bought for one of your kiddos for a birthday, uh, like, um, like nature tracks and it has all the different animal tracks and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, lots of different things. So, you know, if you have any kind of, um, kind of hole in your understanding, these are great and they're really light. So you can carry them in your pack if you're out and you want to, um, identify something. And then my last thing is just keep your eye out at book sales or, um, even at your library. I think, then, well, maybe this is just me, but I think my natural tendency is to be like, oh, a new hobby. Let me go and buy all the fancy books. Um, and it doesn't have to be that. Uh, there are lots of really great resources that, you know, aren't expensive. Um, like this is an example of a book. This is just, it's called Wild Animals of North America. It's just from National Geographic. Um, and I think I got it at a book sale for 50 cents. But it has really wonderful illustrations and descriptions of animals. Um, and if you're just um, at a place where you don't know anything about it, these are really good things to just pick up. And then I always um, I have stuff like this in my car for like Chick-fil-A drive through time. Yeah. <laughs> and so like the phone scroll, just like grab that, read about an animal that you didn't know about. So that's where I would start. Yeah, those are great. Thank you for sharing them. Mm-hmm. Again, I will have them linked. For anyone looking to maybe grab one or a couple, possibly even for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today to talk about scouting, kind of lift the veil a little bit on what can otherwise be a confusing, far off idea to many Mason moms. Um, let's see. Do you have any homes on the internet right now? Anywhere I can direct people to? I don't think so. Nope, Do I don't. Isn't okay, that wonderful? I, so. well, I know where. <laughs> you have had lovely written things before, so I wasn't sure if there was anything. <laughs> no. Nope. Well, then here it is. I will point you to our interview over on YouTube to have a little bit more fun playing our own game on YouTube about scouting. Um, and you'll also be able to peek the books in today's interview. If you want to see the books that Christy was holding up, this will also be over on YouTube. So you can see it there. But uh, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And everyone else, I'll see you in two weeks.